Oh man, it's been a little minute, hasn't it? Oh, we're back by not popular request, but kind of known, somewhat well-known request. <laughs> not not quite popular, but when niggas see the logo, they they know what's up. They know it's tea time. Okay? Okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 102. Wow. So, like, we're in the hundreds. Like, that's a thing. Um, Let's talk about the elephant in the room. It's been a minute. It's been a while since you guys have just been you, me, and my voice. Um, That's for many reasons. A main one, COVID-19. I don't know if anyone watched my quarantine content on YouTube, but... We're going stir-crazy, we're frustrated, things are happening, things are changing, things are forever changed. And when I say that, I say that to say, be cautious with everything that you do moving forward. Things are opening up, I don't necessarily agree with certain things opening up, but hey, the economy has to move and people are going to fight for money, you know? People fight for, oh man, the weirdest thing sometimes because it's just going to be very ironic in the end if you if you are affected. It's not going to be funny in any way, but it is going to have some irony sprinkled on top. Just like I'll be sprinkling parsley, it's it's going to be <laughs> it's going to have some sprinkle of irony. Um, stay safe. That's just the biggest thing that I can just tell you all to do. That's the only thing that I can really say. Everywhere you go, wear your, ma- wear your mask. Um, have gloves on deck. You know, Heisman on these hoes. Keep people at a distance. Arm's length. Why are you Why are you breathing down my neck, sir, in the line at H-E-B? And if you don't know what H-E-B is, it's a grocery store here in Texas. Um, very popular they they sell everything but that doesn't mean you need to be on top of me while I'm trying to type in my password on my phone you know just like shit like that (laughs) but yes stay at a distance stay safe wash your hands wash that ass um and I do want to say that I appreciate our big known artists in our culture for stepping up and being responsible and saying that they do not agree with businesses opening up very soon because we are still in a crisis. We're in a pandemic. We're full swing. And I am scared. I'm nervous for our summer, for our remaining of the year. And I just hope that Everyone is just taking safe measures to stay safe. But the artist that I was referring to, one, Killer Mike, 
He said that he does not agree with Atlanta just going back popping. And T.I. T.I. had to jump out the window and say, you know what? Uh, No, you cannot have whatever you like. No, I'm sorry. I know my favorite word is expeditiously, but we're not going to open expeditiously. So I say thank you, Killer Mike, T.I., stay safe, COVID-19 is a beast, and let's get through 2020, shall we? Okay, so let's get into some topics. First thing I want to mention, which is random, because I'm not really the biggest fan of her, but I would like to wish happy birthday to Lizzo. She just turned 32, and I did not know she was 32. I mean, I kind of knew she was older than like, you know, the teeny boppers, but I didn't think she was in her 30s. And of course, I'm not an ageist. I'm not shaming her for being an older artist, acting a fool. Um, I just bring it up to say that, you know, your time can be at any point. You are probably around the same age, maybe younger, maybe older. Don't compare yourself to other people's paths. Things will happen when they will happen in your life. Lizzo was damn near 30 until she got a look. So be patient, stay down, stay grinding, and things will come, I promise you. But I just bring this up to say that there's a lot of artists or just black people in our culture who are older and just are doing so good, especially the actors and actresses. I just have to say, because I mean, in rap and music, we age a little bit quicker because they be on the substances. But I know actors do too. But you know, as rappers or singers, they make that somewhat of a as an image as well actors they're acting so of course who comes to mind is Angela Bassett come on she is 61 years old and she's playing a cop on Fox (laughs) like she's playing someone's single mom on Netflix like get it Angela she is just beautiful she's flawless she's in shape she's She's healthy. She's just, the melanin is popping. She is so talented. She just, I feel like she has it all. And I love her marriage. Her husband is also an actor. They're, they're just the cutest. Um, Samuel L. Jackson, 71. That man is still shouting in Avenger movies. 71 years old. Have a seat with your old ass. No, don't have a seat because he's still hilarious. He did a Breakfast Club interview not too long ago. Great, beautiful gems. I love that he drops because they're just so natural and blunt. So definitely check that out if you haven't done so already. Oh, and then here's another good one. Gabrielle Union. Okay, hear me out because we already know that her and Sanaa and Nia, they're all older and they look great. But hear this part out. Okay, so she's 47, right? amazing looking for her age. Yes, we know this. But if she's 47, that means that she was 27 when Bring It On came out. (laughs) Like what? She was damn near 30 playing a high school student. And I don't even know if she was a high school senior. I don't even know that part. Wait, were they in high school? Yes, they were in high school. Yes, because I remember, um, The main white girl, I forgot her name, her boyfriend went to college and started cheating on her. So yes, they were still in high school. 
Shout out to fucking Gabrielle Union and Regina Hall too, because she was trending on Twitter not too long ago for her little humor with Kevin Hart on <laughs> on TikTok and IG. Look that up if you haven't seen that already. But shout out to our beautiful cultural staples of talent that are just looking so good still, okay? Moving right along, let's get into, hmm, let's keep the acting going. Let's talk about some entertainment on the screen. Um, Does anyone watch Insecure? Come on. I know I got some Insecure fans out there somewhere. And I'm sorry if I spoil anything, but I got, I don't know if it's going to be a spoil alert needed, but... I'm letting you know now I'm going to be talking about Insecure in all episodes. Not literally all, but you know what I mean. So Insecure is on HBO. It's spearheaded by Issa Rae. I personally know her from Awkward Black Girl YouTube series. I bought the book. I met her in Austin at South By. I've been a deep fan. She now has this show on cable where she is just going through just a roller coaster of life events. It's a great depiction of being a young black adult and just living life. Issa has a good friend, Molly, that I'm not too sure about right now. Um, when the show first started, Issa and Molly were fingers crossed tight. You know, they were two peas in a pod. And right now, It may be looking like they're growing apart, and that's not a bad thing. I'm going to be one of those people. I love, I love when we move on. You know, there's so many people in this world. There's so many places and spaces to occupy. There's so many connections to be made for you to just be dwelling and harping on this one relationship and I know we should value all of our relationships and we should cherish them and we should fight for them and all of that jazz but right now it just doesn't seem like they're on the same paths or have the same viewpoints or have the same opinions and it's important to have those types of friends too who are going to play your devil's advocate or be on the other side or check you when you need to be checked but it doesn't seem like this is a healthy version of that right now we'll see where that goes when it comes to Issa and molly they kind of left us on a cliffhanger with this last episode so we'll see but speaking of growing out of your friends let's get to tiffany tiffany is played by amanda seals amanda seals is a host on the reel she used to go by amanda diva and she was a radio dj personality interviewer host, all that jazz. And even for a brief stint, she replaced Homegirl in the group Floetry. Look that up if you didn't know. It's rumored that the cast of Insecure, or the majority of said cast, aren't a fan of Amanda and her brash, rub-you-the-wrong-way type personality and way of going about things. And I completely can see that being the case. I get those same vibes. I feel like she has gotten somewhat of a voice and a lane for herself at this point now. She's been kind of all over the place when it comes to her previous path as like an entertainer. 
one minute she's a comedian and she's a rapper and she's an analyst and so now that she has like this this lane of being like a social justice warrior social media voice slash actor i've kind of been like okay i see you i respect you there's a space for you stay over there but she's that type of person who won't just stay over there. And so I find it very <laughs> interesting how she's written on the show, you know? And so if I hear a rumor in real life that people don't fuck with you when it comes to your job, I wonder how your job operates around you. And so she is the character that is naturally annoying or... um naturally gets looks of side eyes or people just roll her their eyes at her and so that's just funny how she's that character in real life and on the show and even more ironic enough i love the character (laughs) i love the purpose i love the character on the show because she is annoying but she's annoying in a bougie way high-end elitist almost in a way um and so for her to grow out of her friends that happens in real life you know what i was just saying half a second ago about moving on it happens in real life and at one point she was ready to do it i haven't seen it in this new season as for her distancing herself from her friends and the reason being is because she's pregnant she's married she's on a different path than the rest of the friend group um on insecure um friends with isa so there's a lot of different characters and as we get through the characters we of course have to mention lawrence Issa's ex-boyfriend very important character of the show who people sometimes wish would go away or some people are rooting for there's a Lawrence Hive and then there's an (laughs) I hate Lawrence group I I swear (laughs) because people online say that Lawrence is a bum or was a bum when he was with Issa he slept on her couch Well, not slept on her couch. They lived together, but he didn't have a job and he was working on this pipe dream app from the couch. And so he didn't have a nine to five. Issa was pulling the weight, supporting him, you know, through this rigmarole of this app. And she cheated. You know, she didn't feel important. She didn't feel fulfilled with the relationship and she stepped out on it wrongfully so but i mean there was reason in doing so and lawrence found out and broke up with her lawrence found a good job lawrence got has his own place he's out in his life he's living he is dating a new woman this woman happens to be friends with Issa, brand new friend, new relationship. It's a business relationship. They're, they're casual friends. It's very light. And so now there's this weird love triangle going on on the show. It's very interesting. It happens in real life. And a lot of people are curious on, are Issa and Lawrence going to get back together? Seems like there's a window of opportunity for that to happen. They keep bumping into each other. Little small windows of communication, inside jokes, you know, reminiscing of old times. I like it. I want it to happen. I would like to see a character on a show being a man, being cheated on, and going back to the girl. 
We see it all the time with the woman, how the woman forgives, the woman goes back, but the man is just, nope, has no tolerance for the nonsense. Well, I want to see it depicted a different way. I want to see the man finally forgive. I want the man to know that people mess up and maybe they played a part in it. Maybe there was some flaw on his end. And so I am so open to seeing that on the show. I want to get y'all's opinion of Insecure. Like, what's your thoughts? What are your hopes for Issa? I mean, Issa is the main character, but speak on these other characters too. Like, where do you see Molly going? She's in a relationship. Her relationships usually don't last long, but we're, we're hanging on to this one to see if it goes anywhere. Um, Of course, we have Tiffany, who looks like she's going to pop with this baby anytime soon. Um, we have Shelly. She, she's just comedic relief. We really don't get into her personal life. I wish they would because looks wise, I feel like I relate to her more. She's the only plus size woman on the show and yet she's only for shits and giggles. So I, I hate that type of stereotyped character for the plus size woman, how they always have to be the, the butt of the joke or making the joke. But Again, let me know your thoughts of these characters, what you would like to see these characters do in the future of this new season of season four. We're on episode three. We probably have like, what, five more episodes left. These are short seasons that the show produces, but I'm excited for more and I'm excited for your opinion. But let's move on to the next show that I want to discuss and and quickly, um, because I know I'm eating up your time. New show on Netflix called Hashtag Black AF stands for as fuck. So this show essentially is called Black as Fuck. The show is produced, written, and starred by Kenya Barris. If you don't know who Kenya Barris is, he is a middle-aged man, black man, light-skinned black man, who produced the show Blackish, Grownish, and Mixedish. And so now he has a new show called Black as Fuck, on Netflix, who or that depicts a black family, I'm going to use that loosely, in society. And this family is doing well for themselves. And I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. That sounds very familiar. Isn't that the basically the plot of all the other shows he's produced? Ha. Huh. Well, yes, Johnny in the back. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> that is the basically the storyline of blackish, grownish, mixedish. These are all black same light-skinned black people who are doing well for themselves. This show has some great cameos, Mike Epps, Nia Long, Tyler Perry, the wife uh, on the show. The wife is played by Rashida Jones, half black, half white. A lot of people recently found out that she was part black and the daughter of Quincy Jones. She is very fair-skinned. Um, she doesn't look black. She looks more of like a tanned white or maybe even more so a Hispanic, some people have said. But she is actually black. Fun fact, her sister dated Tupac. But for me personally, I enjoyed, because I have seen the whole season of Black as Fuck, I enjoyed seeing for the first time Rashida Jones play a person of color. You know, every other character, it's not stated you know what her race is per se but it's usually on a predominantly white show or platform and so we've seen her on Parks and Rec 
Okay, we know the cast of that show, right? And so she she fit right in with everyone else on the show. As for the character, she was just tan. And so to see her with mostly black people for once, man, I see her in a whole different light. I love it. I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that she wants to show this to us, you know? And a lot of people are saying that another light-skinned woman or light-skinned family. But if Kenya is depicting his real life, which he says he is, you know, this story, black as fuck, is him and his actual family. Um, He is playing himself, but all the other actors are actors or all the other roles are actors. If Kenya is really light-skinned and his family is actually light-skinned and mixed, I mean, he has to depict that accurately, right? So I feel like Rashida taking this role wasn't problematic to me. I like seeing her play someone of color and at the same time not take a role from a person who is dark-skinned. She didn't pull a Zoe Saldana and paint her face darker to play a new role. (laughs) like Nina Simone. So she she's she's all right in my book. But there is a lot of backlash for this show. They were stating that this show is just another elite black show. Um it's the same broken record story from blackish and it's not relatable. But I'm going to play devil's advocate and be devil's advocate because I agree with the opinion that I like seeing elite black families. It, it's it's nice to see black people doing well on TV. I don't want to always see the family that's struggling. I don't always want to see the down and out hood story. I've seen it. <laughs> I've been seeing it since the sev- like the 70s. I mean, I, I wasn't born in the 70s, but there's movies that go back very far back where it's just black people in the hood. Okay, there's a hood in every city. We know that now. Now what? What do we do? (laughs) Like, what are like, what are some other black people doing right now? And so I like seeing a different angle for, for, for black people on television. It doesn't always have to relate to you specifically. The humor is still there. It's being compared to like a black version of Modern Family. This show actually cusses though. Like they cuss. They're they're a lot more raw. Like the dad does cuss out his kids. I mean, hey, relatable. I mean, as black families, we be, you know, we be a little bit more blunt with our children, with their with our lessons that we we teach them. But I will say. There's one other problematic issue that a lot of people brought up, and it's the colorism issue of where, yes, it's okay that they're a black family being elite because we like seeing black families doing well, right? That's the point I just made, but it's another light-skinned black family. And so you're feeding into a a different storyline or stereotype now that the only elite black families that we that exist are light-skinned and that's not the case as we know so i i walk a tightrope with those opinions because on one hand i like seeing okay yes we're getting more black people more funny black people yes on big platforms doing well for themselves but they're all light skin, so there's an issue there too. I don't think that's Kenya's issue on this show because this is depicting his actual family, but I think he should take more responsibility with his other shows and hit the dark mode on the screen, okay? 
You know that's the only way I'd be on Twitter or IG or any other app that has a dark mode. (laughs) We enjoy dark mode. That's all we're saying. Let us relax our eyes and adjust to something that we're used to. And that's just dark. The darkness. We love it. We love the melanin. And I would like to say, in Kenya's defense, because we know that he has another show very similar to it called Blackish on ABC, I believe. And it's the same thing, you know, a black dad with his family, they're doing well for themselves, and it's funny. That's basically the gist of Black as Fuck. But we all know, or maybe maybe you did it, but when you're on network TV, you can only do so much and people can always pull the plug. And it's been rumored that that's happened a few times with Blackish where they've wanted to tackle certain black issues and the network said no or they pulled the plug. And so now that Kenya Barris has this Netflix deal, he has a lot more room. He has a lot more creative space to produce a show that's gonna really talk about some stuff. And so I hope this gets renewed. I hope they get even deeper and rawer with the content and maybe then he will address address the colorism issues that happen in society. I don't think it's his fault that his family is light-skinned, but I think that he can take responsibility and address the issues of colorism in our culture. So we'll see. Um, I'm a fan of the show. I enjoyed it. I think it's hilarious. It's a raw, more raunchier black version of Modern Family slash The Office, the Parks and Recs because of that documentary style. But like when we're talking like families, like this, this is a new dynamic for me um, when it comes to black families. I like it. Like they're raw and they're they're doing well because we we always see the rawness with the down and out family like everyone hates chris like they were raw but they were broke <laughs> let's see some raw rich people <laughs> what they be talking about <laughs> and so i just wanted to touch on some entertainment but now we can transition to the music all right so speaking musically let's talk about one of our favorites now most hated da baby the baby dropped an album not too long ago titled Blame It On Baby. And uh yeah, that's exactly what people are doing. Um <laughs> a lot of people are blaming the baby for um this repetition, very repetitive sound. And I agree with the saying if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But <laughs> I did warn you all. And let y'all know that although it's working, it's still going to get old. Like, it's, it's going to sound good in the club. It's going to sound good when you're just driving by. But when you sit down and actually stream it that Friday night, now that we have really nothing to do and we can really dissect things because we've been in the house all day and quarantining, shit's not going to sound A1. <laughs> it's not gonna sound like album of the year DaBaby's been saying the same thing over and over and over he'll drop one introspective song per album and listen I'm not mad at it I had this conversation with someone many episodes ago but when it comes to Meg and when it comes to DaBaby they're one trick ponies right now yes they're smart yes they're educated yes they're talented but that doesn't mean you're capable of being creatively different sure you created one great thing and now it's just on repeat and that's okay now you've created a brand for yourself but now the brand is is a one-way street 
people were like, you know what? I'm sick of it, baby. And Twitter, <laughs> Twitter went in on the baby saying that this was a horrible album. He's still giving us the same tired beats and lines. And although they were they were accurate with their analysis of the album, I think y'all might have been a little bit too harsh. There's plenty of other artists who do the exact same thing. It's just that the baby's positions himself in a very popular state, and so it's just on display more. But let's not forget about I'm not I'm not gonna get into names. But let's not forget about what's on the radio. Okay? Let's not forget about what you're also tired of hearing when you're in in the store or when the intercom is playing the top forty list. Okay? Like it's just the same cookie cutter repetitive stuff. So sure we can be mad at it we can't be that mad y'all should be very used to it by now but i will say and point out and i think i pointed this out before or not point out but just pose the question is the baby in like a a bad deal like megan i don't know what position the baby is in when it comes to his music but the way that he just keeps pushing out music very quickly it seems like he's trying to like complete a contract or he's just very silly. I don't want to say he's ignorant, silly to just give away or very generous. I don't use that word. He is just very generous to just give away all this music back to back to back because he's been dropping two albums a year since 2016. Two, two that year, two in 2017. I believe, or no, wait, actually one in 2016, two in 2017, two in 2018, two in 2019, and now one in 2020. And so I think that totals to eight albums. Why? You're still a new artist. (laughs) Who are you trying to impress? We're on quarantine. We got time. Chill. And ironic enough, Although I say that about him, I think that's what Meg should have been doing. She's mad about the deal that she signed about all these albums she has to produce with little to no money or whatever. Well, spit out these albums like the baby be doing and get it over with. Get it over with. (laughs) Drop two albums a year and you'll be good this time next. I don't know. Maybe it just, it seems easier said than done. But to me there's there's ways there's just ways but let's just move on to more music and the last music that we'll discuss and the new segment that we'll have moving forward that you all voted for on twitter which is or the question i asked on twitter was would you rather have a album of the week discussion or a artist of the week discussion that would be ongoing um i would then bring an artist to the podcast, say what they're recently doing, discuss my opinion about them, and we'll have an ongoing discussion throughout the week through social media about said artists. Favorite songs, maybe least favorite songs, favorite music video, maybe experiences if you have any about the artist, maybe you've met them, maybe you've seen them live. So our first artist of the week will be Christopher Campbell aka k camp <laughs> mr lottery himself man k camp has been around for 
quite a minute now um since i've been in college definitely he's 30 years old so um he's older than me so i know he's been around for a minute getting it in with all these hits all these bangers he's got the r&b songs the rap songs the slow songs the fast songs the trap songs the pop songs k camp can do it all he's overlooked with how much talent he has You may have recently saw him in the news last year for him dropping out the homecoming performance for Prairie View University in HBCU in Texas. He was scheduled to perform at their homecoming and the student body or the majority of the student body took to Twitter and kind of downplayed K-Camp and said that he was just a, a cheap artist the school could get and they wanted better. K-Cam said, okay, all right, bet. And he dropped out of the performance. Player move, I respect it because, hey, if they don't respect you, not all money is good money. And he would have looked like a clown if he still would have went out there and shucked and jive for some people who didn't want to see him. So he dropped out. The school was looking stupid. I believe they had a downgrade in performance. I don't know who ended up replacing him. But in addition to him dropping out of the performance, he also dropped a freestyle (laughs) and titled it Homecoming. Priceless. Loved it. He, you know, he, he has some bars for how he deserves his respect and rightfully so. He's been cranking out hits. And I mean, shortly after that, he dropped another one called Lottery went viral young black woman made a little dance to it she was on ellen his song was everywhere and now more recently he's dropped a new album titled kiss five kiss five is about 45 minutes long 15 tracks great features um we have ari lennox we have yellow beezy jeremiah we have fabo we have jacques There's a lot of talent on this album, including K-Camp himself. And one of my favorite songs, which is one of the cliche songs, it might be a single at this point, but it features Jacquees and it's called What's On Your Mind. Um, You know, I'm a sucker for some R&B and like some lovey-dovey or like some sad stuff or emotional. And that's exactly what he was giving us. Oh, he was serving it up hot. I loved it. Piping hot. So that's my favorite song on the album, but go stream it. Kiss 5. Stream his older stuff too. He's been having a hit every year for the past 10 years. I swear. Um, But that is our artist of the week, K-Camp. So let's start talking about some K-Camp on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. Let's talk about K-Camp everywhere and help his album stream those big numbers. But I think that's all I really wanted to chat about this episode. I want to say that it's good to be back. It's nice for it to just be me, you, and my voice. I'm still figuring out what visuals to produce or post on the YouTube channel during this pandemic. Things have been restricted and made a little bit more difficult um, for the YouTube content, but I think I might do some type of after show. And so the podcast will be the podcast, but then there'll be some after show content, maybe how to make the teas that I sip or just like behind the scenes or an exclusive interview with an artist that you may want to hear from. So just things like that. So 
for those things to happen, you have to support what's happening now. So make sure that you share this episode. You support the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Tea with Tammy. We also have the PayPal. Um, it's also at Tea with Tammy. Follow Tea with Tammy on Twitter. Instagram, SoundCloud, stream on platforms like Apple, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Visit the website twitammy.com to subscribe to new weekly emails of new content and, of course, stream playlists that I create and curate. If you would like to curate a playlist for Tea with Tammy, just hit me up at sip at twitammy.net. You can curate your own playlist and I'll have it posted on the website and the social media pages. Um, the most recent playlist that was created is part of the new series I started, which is Oil My Scalp. I like to do about four installments per series and so we're on part two so there's a part one and a part two for oil my scalp part one's about 30 songs part two is 15 songs and these are just pure vibes that you want to listen to when you're oiling your scalp we've got some nice hip-hop some nice little r&b a nice little jazzy maybe an instrumental here and there it's a nice good time so just burn your sage oil your scalp and Search Tea with Tammy on Apple Music and stream Oil My Scout Part 1 and 2. Whew, that was a mouthful. But with all that being said, (laughs) again, it's great to be back. New episodes every Tuesday. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, just hit me up in the comments below. And until next time, sip some tea.